I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y-N-W. Wait, right? <laughs> no, wait, why? Sometimes I, A-E-I-O-U and sometimes. Why? Why? But there's an and. No, there's not definitely not W. No. And sometimes no why? It's just why. It's and sometimes why. Wait, why is sometimes a vowel? Yeah. What are you talking about? Crunchy, it's a vowel. Cr- Tasty is a vowel. Yeah, A. Benny is a vowel. No, the Y is a vowel. Oh my God. Yes, that's a verb. Uh, 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 sorry, uh, uh, a consonant. Aya, that's a consonant. Not all vowels. Not all vowels, TM. Let's get ready to <laughs> rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the big boys. Tonight's fight, Rocky. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, I'm going to stop doing that. We are struggling in a global pandemic, most of us working from home. The side effect of that. A lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon. Call it the IMDb Top 250 or call Call them them the big boys. The pinnacles of cinema may be the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It is time for a pro movie beatdown. Without any further ado, in today's episode and every episode, watching today's film for the very first time. I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself. Whew, watch out. She'll weaken your woman's legs. Aya Layman. Okay, so this movie's not the one where he's like, I could have been a contender. No, definitely not. Is that Raging Bull? No, What's no. that movie? Yeah, keep guessing, why don't you? <laughs> I'm out. Okay. Fresh out. Uh, on the Waterfront, which I believe I've seen you that have movie. seen. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Marlon Brando does play a boxer. So you're, I guess you're kind of, I mean, you know, maybe. He's a boxer. Yeah, you might see where the connection was kind of made. Well, he content- never boxes in the movie. Well, well, someone in this movie is like, Rocky, you're not a contender, you know? Oh, and then the classic cinema came rushing back to you. Yes. Of I course, was waiting for Rocky to say I could have been a contender. <laughs> Roger Ebert uh, very famously uh, compared young Sylvester Stallone to a young Marlon Brando at the time of this film's That's release. Funny. That's funny, right? I th- I don't know. <laughs> there's a part of me that thinks it's fucking hilarious and there's another part of me that's like, I kind of see it. I, I, I understand. Okay. I kind of comprehend this. Gotcha. Aya, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Press X for doubt. Julie, <laughs> <laughs> just like the quickest response. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine, Kevin. You know, it's another day, Chief. 
Another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. My God. My guy. Um, I've got pulled up every best picture winner of the 70s ranked from Screen Rant, as I did last week. Whoa, thank you. So of course. The the peak of the 70s. 70s at the Oscars, here at Ivers, the big boys, all until Wait, I didn't ask how you're doing. How are you, Kevin? Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you know how I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah another day brother another day so on the bright side like we we both have like broken brains because yes. we do this show yes. but when you have like a good day you're like oh okay i'm like a normal person but when i have a good day i've still at the end of the day i'm just someone who has seen an unhealthy amount of movies <laughs> lives in media and just no escape uh-huh that's how that's i'm doing tough <laughs> you know here on I, here. I versus the big boys up until the 2022 telecast of the Oscars. We're making Aya watch a best picture winner from every decade that she has not seen. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we talked about all about Eve and Midnight Cowboy. And here we are a good seven years after Midnight Cowboy with a, America's favorite Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa, of course, and John G. Avildsen's. 1976 classic, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. <laughs> you sound like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a, a Shrek impression. Screen Rant ranked. Oh, God. Back to the fucking Screen Rant ranking. <laughs> this guy hates my screen. I just think it's interesting to like kind of start talking oh, about no. why okay. we picked this movie, you know? Okay, interesting. We All have right. 10 options an episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in in the seventies, our options for this episode were, and and I read them in order of screen rants. <laughs> Every best picture rating winner ranked by the good people at IMDb. Yes, good journalism. Number ten, The French Connection, nineteen seventy one. That's the worst of the seventies. What them? they're saying. Okay. I might have seen this movie. I can't remember. My mommy likes that movie a lot. All right. Is that the one where? Uh-oh, that's Bullet, where he goes down the windy street in San Francisco. Well, that's Bullet, but this yeah. one also has a, a famous car chase sequence. I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Okay, okay. Kramer versus Kramer. All right. We hate Our your wives, boy. boys. A, a film that my grandmother watched and never was able to watch a Meryl Streep movie again. Wow. Uh, Patton, 1970. Kind of dope. Kind of Okay. Uh, number seven is Annie Hall. Yikes. <laughs> Why didn't we pick that one to talk about? Ew. Number six is The Deer Hunter. Okay. Long as fuck, but... Ooh. Okay. Real spine chiller. Number five is the title of this episode. Wow. <laughs> number five is <laughs> El Roqueo. Roque. Number five, the titular... El Roque. Rocky. Roque. The eponymous Rocky. Of course. Uh, sorry, I have an ad for, on the side of my screen rant that says nine movies that haven't aged well for unexpected reasons, according to Reddit. Uh, and it's I see a picture of Fight Club. I'm already giggling. Oh, cool. Number four is The Sting from 1973, which we could not do an episode on because I've already seen it. Wow. That's, that's one that you've seen. I have not. What? Look at that. Look oh at us. God. Sting is fun. Sting's good. It seems fun. It seems cool. Two hot guys. Too hot. Too, well, too hot. Oh, oh, um, number three is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I'm surprised we're not doing. Okay. Number two, The Godfather Part Two. Oh, number I wonder one, what's number one, baby. The Godfather. Number one at number one, motherfucker. There you go. Okay. 
Italians ruled this decade is what I'm hearing. <laughs> and to that sentiment, is this the best decade for best pictures? Probably. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Let me check the 80s length list. I'll, I'll, look, I'll let you know right now, 80s is not competition here. <laughs> Maybe 90s if you're a freak. 80s is not here to play. Let's see. I'm skimming. 80s does not bring a fucking racket to the tennis court for this Why one. Why is Kramer versus Kramer in, in the 80s list too? Because it technically wins in 1980. Yeah, okay. Just, uh, That's fair. I feel like down the line, when we look at the decades that you just watched through, mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind, the 70s lineup is fucking ballistic. Okay. Above everyone else. Maybe, you know, maybe the letterbox kids love, actually, no, people hate the 2010s, don't they? You get The Shape of Water, you get Green oh, Book. God. I think Parasite is the very tail end that makes it kind of nice. It makes it... But then you have like Argo. The King's Speech. <laughs> the King's Speech. 12 years is... Okay, yeah. This is the perfect confluence of where the culture was and what like the critical elite was deeming peak of the culture. Like there is just an intertwined... This is what audiences want. This is what... Uh, sort of like the upper crust want. And this is also just what the artists want. The tens, I thought it was pretty good. It's fine. It was like it was like half like, what the fuck? And half like, yeah, yeah. I love the artist though. I know that's unpopular. You love, but like love the artist. I loved it. I thought it was great. Wow. That's a lot of passion for that movie. I thought I, it was really cute. I had a nice time. I love Jean Dujardin. I watched it at the Arclight Pasadena. Remember Me that? Me too. With my mama. Me too. With my mummy. With my mummy at the Arclight Pasadena. <laughs> We were at the same screening. Wow. Look at we us. Were. I bet we were. Me, what, like 12, you, 29. Yeah. Yeah, just around there. Around there. I don't know, man. The 70s is fucking heat. And then you flash forward to the 77 ceremony where, of course, Rocky wins best picture. Wild. And if this is the best decade, this might have been the most fucking crazy lineup of movies to have ever been up for the same award. Okay. Let me run you through. What Rocky beats for Best Picture here? Run it back, my ma'am. Okay. In the Best Picture race, All the President's Men. Okay. A Pakula picture. Is Robert Redford? Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. Ooh, wow. Heat. Heat. Mm. This one has been kind of uh, left in the ashes, but it's a How Ashby movie called Bound for Glory. Like a two and a half hour type, like folk music, little epic. Network, Sydney Lumet. Network, we've seen it. And guess what you've seen? I can't believe Network didn't win. have also seen Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. What? <laughs> Rocky. Big TD? Oh, loses? The, the TD. TD loses, Network <laughs> loses, All the President's Men loses. Of course, All the President's Men being the comprehensive Watergate movie released mm, three years after Watergate. <laughs> Okay, this kind of is making Rocky sense wins. to me. This is making sense to me based on what we currently know about and what we discussed last week where it's like everything just kind of whittles down to the middle, you know? All of those movies are such number ones that I'm sure I just kind of whittled down to Rocky, you know, where everyone was kind of like, it was pretty good. Well, I guess we still don't have verification if they've kept that voting process since. True. But let's say it's like whoever gets the most first place votes, I think it's almost more indicative of how new Hollywood dies <laughs> and how, I mean, I think Rocky is probably more than Jaws, the most influential blockbuster of all time. More than Jaws? 
I think more than Jaws. I think Jaws creates what a blockbuster is. It creates that pocket. Okay. But you're looking at like 76. Okay. Rocky comes out, I believe, the week after Jimmy Carter is elected. Okay. Okay. So this is a new dawn for the American people. The first half of the 70s, you see your president get caught in a huge scam where he then publicly resigns. And then in the interim, you have a president that no one even knows or cares about. Who has any memory of Gerald Ford? No, Do you have no, any memory of Gerald not Ford, Iowa Layman? <laughs> and so here we are in the nice, groovy times of the 70s. We're done with the cynicism. We're off that shit. We want to watch the Italian stallion take home the salami. And of course, in this new age of positivity and, uh, and optimism, Rocky wins best picture, becomes a people's champ. People are in the mood for a good feeling. Yeah. 77, just fucking raw, just open for people to get to the next thing that's going to make them escape, make them feel good. And of course, Star Wars comes <laughs> and just destroys everything because I think Rocky paved wow. the way towards like a, a, a sort of like mentality and a viewer base that just wanted more of this. I did just do some research and it does turn out, it is true that they changed the voting process in 2009 when they changed it when they uh made it 10 best picture nominees okay so you're saying that rocky won a popular vote a popular vote <laughs> i think people were sick of feeling down buddy i think that tracks actually i think people really didn't want to feel down in the dumps i can see people being really disturbed by taxi driver too and being like why the fuck would you vote for this it's very upsetting yeah it gets same with can. Yeah. Network. Yeah. Just because also the critique of network is that it's just yelling at you. It's telling you what's wrong. Which, I mean, I mean, okay, hey, I don't know. Hey, they said it. Uh, kind of right. Uh, kind of got it right. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> How fucked are we right now? You think? <laughs> like, it is now even more shocking after rewatching Rocky that Spider Man No Way Home doesn't get nominated for How Best is Spider Man No Way Home not nominated for it's Best Picture insane. at this point? insane. How is Don't Look Up? I mean, I guess Don't Look Up is also kind of like same vibes, but I feel like um, Spider Man No Way Home should. I legitimately believe Spider Man No Way Home should be nominated over Don't Look Up. Probably. I will take that opinion with me to the grave because that I will stand by that. But I think for some reason, people like that, that networkness of it. I feel like this Best Picture race is almost like an atlas for every Best Picture race to come after it. You have like one of every type of movie that could possibly be up for the award. Yeah. You have like two controversial like pot boiler, uh, water cooler movies. You have one movie that no one really has ever seen or heard of. Hoda. And then you have the other one that's like, okay, this made me feel amazing. Oh, that's not... Well, I guess I think drive my car is probably the like the bound the for feel glory. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, like that's the one. Like, what the fuck is this? And then you have what would have been Spider Man No Way Home. In this year, it's like they just deliberately chose nothing. <laughs> Maybe West Side Story is that. It didn't make any money though. It didn't. Yeah. Like, no one saw it. I. I mean, <laughs> that's also the tough thing about judging this year in particular, and also last year. And that like people like not people are already on a downturn of seeing movies like 2019. I'm not gonna like pretend. That the Irishman was on the tip of everyone's tongue, but like these last two years were just people either they they either can't see the movie or they died before they can see the movie. Here's a list of movies that are nominated for Best Picture this year that I think Spider-Man: No Way Home should have been nominated over. Oh boy, 
And this is coming from someone who did not actively did not like Spider-Man No Way Home. Nightmare Alley. I did not watch the movie. I turned it off after you saw Bradley Cooper hang dong. Don't look up. Bad movie. Uh, Belfast. Bad movie. The rest I cannot speak to. <laughs> Other than obviously like the good ones. But I haven't seen King Richard or Coda yet. Or West Side Story. Well, I can't speak to those. Wow. Those, the ones I just named. Spider-Man No Way Home. Shut out. <laughs> So where are you coming from in this? Are you are you coming from like a save the Oscars angle, or are you just talking about like a more representative, a more representative nominee list of of what stand? Like, what are you going for here? Now I kind of now that you've talked about Rocky being like people need a little bit of joy, I'm like maybe that's what Spider Man No Way Home is. Oh no! Oh no! That's fucked up. Okay. So- I mean, overall, I think that Drive My Car is maybe like, and Licorice Pizza are the most like joyful movies that are nominated right now. Mm-hmm. Which I know Drive My Car is like very dark. Yeah, but Drive My Car is an interesting choice. That's such a joyful ending, I feel. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But like. I mean, I, I fucking like, I stood up and cheered when she had the dog, you know? Like, yeah. oh, fur, yeah. Fur. But like, who the fuck is seeing Drive My Car? You exactly. Know? I mean, I think more people should see Drive My Car, but like. I don't even think like in like this in like this ideal 70s sense of like, oh, wow, the best movies of all time mm-hmm. were actually winning the trophies. I think Drive My Car is an outlier in this decade as well. Like because th- I was shocked to see it get nominated. <laughs> Me too. I was also really shocked to see Nightmare Alley get nominated. I don't want to like drag this movie that I haven't watched. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. I don't believe you. It's perfectly cool. I legitimately don't believe you. What's it? What do you have against this man? You know I don't like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, he's a big porky Mexican that just loves the, the carnivals I like and carnies. him. I don't like his movies. Uh, okay. Except Crimson Peak, which is a Disney movie. It's a Disney Channel movie. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't look under the bed vibes from that. Exactly. That's why I like it. I feel that. I like that movie now more. <laughs> I got you. Wow, I got you. Fuck. What's up with del Toro? Because he's, he's not... I don't think he's pitching crazy ideas that people are like, oh, that's not possible. He's, like, he's kind of a safe guy. Why does he keep getting kicked off of projects? I don't know. What's happening? I think he just takes his time. And I, I think yeah. that something with like, like wasn't Nightmare and Alley in development with him? Like, wasn't he working on that for like decades? I think so. But also that was just put off. That was like a pandemic movie too. Yeah. So but he's been like, he's been working on like, just like, you know, the plot and like this and like, like the script even, I think for a long time, because we were talking about it and it's like, oh, it's this passion project for him. Mm-hmm. I truly think that the Haunted Mansion is a passion project for him. I just think that, like, that's not in Disney's speed. It wasn't going Disney's speed, you know? Mm-hmm. Same with Edgar Wright, where it's like, these guys make their original movies, and so maybe it's simultaneously like, you're not working at our pace, and you're not working uh, for us, so we can't have this anymore. But it's so odd, because even when he works at his own pace for a blockbuster, he ends up making something that is completely, like, sanitary and and perfectly fine for whoever would want it. Like, the guy who makes Pacific Rim, I'm not... I don't get the vibe that he would be like pulled back by the Disney hand. I feel like he'd be working very nicely with Disney. I can see them. I can see them. Maybe. Not wanting. I mean, I genuinely just believe like he is a very creative person and Disney is not good for creative people. Yeah. They see him like making storyboards and like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right there, Mexican. Also, he's like kind of like making scary movies. You know, yeah, it so looks like, a little creepy. I can see Disney being like, "This is too scary," and he's like, "I'm making a movie called Haunted Mansion. <laughs> it's about ghosts." I think Del Toro has just like since he, when you win Best Picture, you just oh, you're an Oscar guy. 
Yeah. We're just, I mean, They're just like, like welcome on in. Yeah. Because also one. like it gets a little weird if you just don't get admitted into the club again. Yeah. Because it is his follow up to the best picture winner. So I mean, it's happened many times before where the, the next person's movie just gets completely shut out. But I guess people just, I don't know, they kind of just like, people like Del Toro like you do. And I don't know if people are convinced they like that movie, but they put it on the fucking top 10 anyway. It, so it's not, it doesn't have to be 10 anymore, right? No, this was the first year they did all 10. Since 2010, when they were forced to do all 10. Yes. And they, cha- they changed it. And right they keep changing it. And, yeah. yeah. So there's recently been like eight or nine. And this year they've gone back to all 10. Yeah, they could have done eight or nine. Yeah. They, 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 they still have the option to do fewer. But they filled it up. Because like, la- I, just, I think they did that because last year so few people watched the Oscars that they were like, let's just get. <laughs> let's movie- maximize our yeah, breath exactly. here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, let's just see as many, get as many movies as people have seen. And to here. still not put in Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm shocked. The Aya Layman stance. But even more shocked after having seen Rocky. But I guess maybe they didn't want to tarnish because like Black Panther was the last Marvel movie nominated for Best Picture. They kind of were probably like, we can't, you know, that has a precedent. That's at the precedent. And they're like, oh, this like, you know. This other movie is gonna come in, no. <laughs> like this other Marvel movie, it's like I don't, I, I, I mean, as we've talked about before, they're now kind of playing diversity Olympics, and so they're kind of like, oh, this movie about like a straight white kid can't be like the second Marvel movie nominated for Best Picture oh, after Black Panther, after Chadwick died, uh-huh. after Black Panther with a black director, you know. And then after we give Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> exactly they're like trophy when he wasn't there instead of chadwick yeah like and so they're probably worried also that spider-man no way home is going to be the first ever wow marvel movie to win best picture and they're but not black panther wait so now you've elevated your view to the point of spider-man no way home had a chance at winning best picture (laughs) honestly i think so okay you put that in front of people i'm surprised tick tick boom didn't get nominated for best picture was it a bad movie yes but I'm surprised it didn't get nominated over Coda. Again, I have not seen Coda. <laughs> Yo, this is, you're just spitting, just spitballing. <laughs> just <laughs> here's my best picture lineup. Okay, ready? How the fuck did Belfast get nominated? I don't know. It's been in the fucking running for this since the, uh, the I know the it's, early days. It's bad. Before it even premiered at a festival, it was like, oh, this is gonna be best picture nominee, right? Lost Daughter's not nominated for best picture, and Belfast is. I thought Lost Daughter was ten times better than Belfast. I got some issues here, Kev. Worst well, person in the world? I know that would be two foreign films. Let's talk for them. Well, so then what move? So if, if we're going to use 1976 as like a rubric. I respect you keeping trying to, to read <laughs> To read the, the nominees of this year since you have them up. Okay. Who's Rocky? Who, who's like potentially a people's champ that gets chosen because there's a cultural shift in the water? Don't look up. Yeah. 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 Where people are like, putting it on this pedestal because they're like oh this movie means something oh this movie like like it's it's an underdog because because the liberals are the underdog trying to fight for climate change oh boy you know what i mean good lord and it's like hard to argue with them only in that like obviously we know what the better movies are that came out this year but to like have to stand in front of someone and they're like this movie's about climate change and how like you know the like how like the government is ignoring climate change and like they're not listening to the liberals who know everything about like that's good and and then for me to be like um i thought power of the dog was better because it's about um uh, evil gay people <laughs> what 
leg have I to stand upon? What <laughs> leg have I, Kevin? Uh, yeah, Rocky is at once like incredibly <laughs> symbolic of like how the 70s had its downturn and then just so many wins that people deem is like completely unexplainable. Like, oh, how did this happen? Motherfucker, this is the same academy that made Rocky win over network, taxi driver, and all the president's men. (laughs) This has been in their DNA, their bones, the marrow. This is like what they're built for. I want to point out the best director race for this year. Okay. Because there's uh, two other films here that are not represented in best picture that are almost like more like severe of like, really? The director of Rocky beat these people? So, of course, John G. Avildsen wins Best Director for Rocky. He beats Lena Wertmiller, who directs Seven Beauties that year. An insane, like, Holocaust Italian comedy, dark drama. One of the most insane, reckless movies I've ever seen. Rest in peace, she died this year. Uh, Legend. Sidney Lumet for Network, of course, is also nominated. Alan J. Bakula for All the President's Men is nominated and also nominated this year. Who loses to the director of Rocky. Ingmar Bergman for Face to Face. You watched Rocky for the very first time for this broadcast. I did. Well, yep. did I? Don't, don't do it. <laughs> you watched Rocky for the very first time first for this broadcast. Naked Eyes. Whew. Is that the phrase? What? Never mind. Is that the what? Naked Eyes. Yeah. Naked okay. Eye. Well, okay. Okay. Usually just one eye. To the naked eye. <laughs> to the naked, yeah. Fresh eyes. One's usually clothed. I, is Rocky... In your mind, more deserving of a best picture trophy than Network and Taxi Driver? Is this one of the best films of the 70s? Is this the biggest feel-good movie of all time? Is this the most influential blockbuster ever made? Is this the best boxing movie ever made? Is this the best sports movie ever made? Is Rocky your boy? I think it's hard to comment on sports movie because obviously this like really set the precedent, you know? Mm-hmm. My friend was like, why? My friend watched it with me and she was like, why do they always have a romance? And I was like... <laughs> Be fucking boring if they didn't. He needs something to do when he's out of the ring. Yeah. I I thought Rocky was mid. Okay. But I don't think it was bad. I just didn't, I wasn't sitting there like moved at the end, you know? I don't, again, I think that there's, I just like have seen so many sports movies at this point that watching Rocky, I was kind of like, another one, you know? Right. And maybe it was, and maybe it's the original, maybe it's the blueprint. But I think like so many good ones have been made since that I'm not sitting here being like, Wow, that was, I see why that's like the, the OG, you know? No, I feel you. Because this it's definitely something endemic when you go back and look at like, especially like movies in the IF, AFI 100. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember having the, that exact feeling with like the Maltese Falcon. It's like the Humphrey Bogart, John Huston, like uh, an essential noir that sets off the entire genre. And I watched it and I was like, this is the most boring whatever shit. Yeah. And then you have to keep reminding yourself that like, okay, but it was like the first. I even kind of feel this way with like uh, Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity. Do you ever see that one? I have seen Double Indemnity. You a fan? I like Double Indemnity. I like it. Having to put yourself in the headspace of what came first. And I'm like, okay, but how am I judging my enjoyability here? Like, am I judge? Do I have to like time travel in my brain? Is that the right way to do it? Or should this always stand the test of time? Because I was like, Homer's The Odyssey, kind of lit. Oh, no, Homer, no, The Odyssey still rips. Kind of rips. Yeah, like it's kind of fucking dope. <laughs> Odyssey still rules. <laughs> so what's Rocky's excuse? Is it, is it possibly that, uh, this is of course a film uh, directed by John G. Avildsen, but written by Sylvester Stallone. 
rewritten by someone who I can't recall the name of. Sly Rose? Sly? No. <laughs> okay, Aya. Sly goes into an audition, and he very quickly realizes, oh, I'm not going to get this. This is not the role for me. But they do like the small talk, the chit-chat. Oh, what are you up to, Mr. Sloan? Oh, well, I have this script I'm working on. And for some reason, they bite. They're interested in Sylvester Stallone's script, and they get it, and they love it. Of course. It's a script that he has written over the course of three days. A script that apparently- That he clearly was like, they were like, <laughs> really, you have a script? And he's like, uh, oh. yeah, it's at my, uh, it's my house. <laughs> and they're like, we'll see it on Friday. He writes it in three days. Like, apparently only 30% of it is used in the actual movie. <laughs> Uh, it just gets rewritten to fuck. Um, and I think it's, you can almost tell with that in mind what Sylvester Stallone wrote for himself. Yeah. And what was like, oh, we need to make an actual movie around this. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is that for some reason, they, they wanted to buy it for like six figures. He is destitute poor at the time. I think he has like maybe either $120 in his bank account. He sells his dog to live. Oh, no. He did porn to live. That's right. Softcore porn. Softcore. $200 a day. Wow, you know a lot about that. <laughs> you know how much he was paid? Uh, you know, I did a little research. Jesus Christ. He's offered six digits for the script. And they go, okay, thank you. Uh, we're going to take the script and we're going to give it to like maybe Jimmy Kahn, Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. But then Sylvester Stallone is like, oh, no, no, no. Is it hard to do a Stallone? I don't think so, but you do a good one. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. Sylvester Stallone so badly wanted to star in it, to the point where he pulled out of the sale unless he was going to be the one in it. Sly is a nobody. Like, that's the other crazy thing about Rocky. Like, it is the underdog story basically starring the underdog. It is such a neatly packaged Hollywood story that does not come out of MGM, RKO. It, it It just naturally develops by sheer force of what the movie's in this point in history, have created up until 1975. This is basically like if Midnight Cowboy went right. Ooh. Tough. Cowboy. The the fun bit of trivia about Midnight Cowboy winning Best Picture 2 is that the year prior, Oliver wins Best Picture, which is the first ever G-rated movie to win Best Picture. (laughs) Oh, cute. Then a year later, first triple X movie, motherfuckers. Which I learned it was rated X because of the studio. They did that. That was their decision. And then when the MP, because the MPA rated it R. What? And the studio was like, mm, we're releasing it as X. And it was like a really dumb gamble that ended paid up off. paying <laughs> off. Paid off. Oh, man. You know I love the MPAA. That's some big swag. That's a major swag. Uh, I <laughs> anyway, so that's how Rocky gets made. Why did we just explain the history of Rocky being made? <laughs> I don't remember. Sylvester Stallone. So you're talking about Stallone. We were talking about Stallone. He wrote it. You asked if he wrote he it. He wrote it. He wrote it. In a matter of three days, because clearly um, he was bullshitting <laughs> and pulled it out of his ass and said, yeah, I got a script. Yeah, I'm working on something. That's a really bad, that's a bad one. I sound like a bear from- uh, You sound like Baloo. Yogi Bear. <laughs> you, yeah. I sound like Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Sylvester Stallone. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice Philly cheese steak go for your picking it. <laughs> I got a two turtles, Adrian. Oh, been, don't leave my apartment, Adrian. Have you don't been to leave my apartment. Kevin? What? Have you been to Philadelphia? Have I been to Philadelphia? Sorry, I didn't wait till the bit was over. No, please. This is very rude of you. <laughs> this is not very yes and of you. 
I have been to Philly. I went once. I was like on a school trip, and it was like our interim. We just didn't have any time. You went to the Liberty Bell. Yes, we went to the Liberty Bell. I think we drove by the uh, the stairs, the Rocky stairs, Uh and we ate some Philly cheesesteaks inside of Mall Food Court. Which so did we? Oh my god! So we were on the same schedule, probably the same exact bus, (laughs) probably. Uh, I've been. I definitely would say that I do not have the authority to speak on Philadelphia. Same. I would like to. It looks trash. It looks like a disgusting city. I don't know much about it, but that, from what I've heard, maybe just South Philly. Okay, tell me about South Philly. Well, that's what It's Always Sunny is. Okay. It's in South Philly. Okay. As opposed to like Philadelphia. It's in South Philly. Mm. Like like South Boston, the Southeast. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, I Not see. Not to bring up Goodwill Hunting again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking broken record, dog. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe like the trash idea you have of it is truly based on just it's always sunny. <laughs> yeah. But also like, again, like South Philly is a very different demographic yeah. than Philadelphia. West Philadelphia seems pretty cool well, to be born and raised in. Maybe you can play some b-ball and stuff. Back in my days. We should cancel the podcast, I think. I think this is the last episode. Did Goodwill Hunting win Best Picture? <laughs> no, wins Best Screenplay. It says awards Best Picture. 1998. Yeah, nominated. Nominated. Because, of course, Aya, how can you forget? How are you blanking? How are you blanking on what win, what film from 1997 could possibly win Best Titanic. Picture? There we go. <laughs> okay, thank you. Big old Titanic, of course, wins Best Picture that year. But this is not the 90s. This is not the 2000s or the 2010s. We're talking about the 70s, Aya Layman. You know I hate 70s movies and I can't wait to get out of this one. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold Let's on. Let's go. Hold on. What? I don't hate 70s Still? Movies. You know I'm just not a fan Still? of 70s movies. I forgot. I think I, I actually you blanked blocked it, out. it out. I, yeah, that's such a trash take that it, it stops me it's from not a take. talking to I, you. It's not even a take. I'm not saying 70s movies are bad. They're just not for me. What does that mean? Okay. A take versus an opinion, very different. Okay. My opinion, my opinion slash a hot take would be 70s movies are bad, which is not true. I don't believe that that's true. They're simply not for me. So far, I've not enjoyed them. To this day, what do you think of Network? Meh. What do you think of Taxi Driver? Well, I like Taxi Driver. Okay. And Rocky? <laughs> well, Very Rocky, much mid. I don't think Rocky compares to either of us. And I okay, love, okay. So we have that rubric. We have that comparison and I lo- point. I do love that it beat both of them as we've discussed <laughs> this whole episode, that it beat both of them for Best Picture, but I'm still sitting here being like, it's not even in the same league as those movies, you know? Okay. All right. All right. So we, we have that established. Did does rocky to you is rocky a 70s movie yes okay <laughs> okay in its spirit folks were getting somewhere it just feels very incomplete like it feels like there's not there, it doesn't feel like grounded it doesn't maybe not grounded but it doesn't feel like there's it's not fulfilling its full nature its full destiny to me like i feel like there's something missing from that movie there's something missing from a lot of 70s movies that does not give them proper weight in my brain. Have you? Can you like pinpoint what that is? Like, what is what is that phantom thread? No. <laughs> like, hey, what's no. happening? No, I just think that, like, again, like, I think the seventies are truly such a br- a blueprint for what modern cinema looks like. That all the movies that I love from that are more recent are because of the seventies movies. So I watch those movies, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, but I like what they did, and then some in this movie. You know? Mm, okay, I see where you're coming from, and I agree. This is basically the, the decade that to this day people still clamor over. Like they go Google yeah. Gaga. You have the whole like Scorsese versus MCU debate. And it's basically 
it's just 70s versus 2020s is what that debate always boils down to. Yeah. It's like the Francis Ford Coppola just had an interview uh, where he announced that like he's taking all like a bulk of the profits from the winery and putting it into this one movie that no one has been able to fund like 120 million dollars. He's putting into this new blockbuster he wants to go out with his whole career and life on. And then in that same interview, I was like, yeah, like the Marvel movies are just by assembly, absolute bullshit. Like even the quote unquote good blockbusters like No Time to Die and Dune, Dune. they feel similar. And I was like, okay, this man is uh, very old, very rich, and still very dismayed by the current state of art. <laughs> I just don't think that there's any point in comparing our current films. As much as I just said that they are the blueprint for what we have now. I don't think that there's like any reason to like compare them, you know, like they're just such different. Like, I feel like we're in the 80s right now. Yeah. Like the 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 economic circumstances of how movies get made are is just so radically fucked yeah. from from what that era was, which is, again, like that bridge from 70s to 80s and what ends up fucking up new Hollywood sort of production basis and what creates the new blockbuster pattern is, of course, Star Wars in 77. Of course, Jaws creating a blockbuster in 75. And then Rocky being one of the first major franchises to really serialize itself. Because mm-hmm. you have Rocky 2 in 79, and you have all the Rockies all through the 80s that dominates the whole decade. Like, Rocky is a weird product to think of in a 70s sense because it, it also just feels so distinctly Reagan era. Like especially like Rocky Four, which is <laughs> all about wanting to fight the Russians, of course. which you know not relevant to today. Not way. relevant to today at all. Oh, do you hear that, Aya? No, it's the war drum banging. No! Protect Ukraine, save Ukraine. Who has time to go to war these days? Like, what the fuck? We know? have so much to fucking do right what's now. The, what's the point? Uh, what's the deal? I don't get it. This. <laughs> it's really like I heard. I like I I heard the news when it was broke to me. <laughs> go to war and i was like who yells like who does that in this era hey someone tell mr biden that it's it's brunch time okay this is the brunch uh presidency mr biden's little heart can't even handle the word war think he can legitimately the first sign of casualties in kiev that man is having a stroke yeah like it's over like we can't do that to him no then what we have kamala harris leading the war against russia She'd love that, actually. I think that that's her plan, maybe. Oh, my God. I think Kamala's going to do something. (laughs) (laughs) We did it, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Standing over Biden's Looking over the mushroom cloud. He's, like, shaking, having a stroke, and she's not calling 911. And she's like, we did it, Joe. Standing over him in the Oval Office. He's reaching for a phone. She kicks it. (laughs) (laughs) Look at us doing a little bit of massage noir. (laughs) How is that massage noir? Oh, they'll make it. They'll make it. (laughs) Rose Um, Twitter writing to us right now. (laughs) Dare you? She's my favorite DA. (laughs) I did you feel like you even had to watch Rocky? No. Do you feel like this was like like this is a movie that I could have gone my whole life without ever seeing, but you've and felt like oh I've seen Rocky. Yeah. I could confidently say yeah. I'd seen Rocky. Like just the the fingerprints of this fucking movie are everywhere. Yeah. Here's the thing. I like it more than you, for sure. Oh. There's like a lot of small details about just the Rocky Balboa character that I love that he's just, he's so emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and he's just 
covered in all he does is dad jokes all he does is lumber around like a big ape and then all he does is like in his brute physicality is just like also a force of love very weird character he's a lovable he's a lovable guy. guy he's a type of guy in your neighborhood that you know and you recognize and is only meant to live in the neighborhood and i don't even mean that like in a circumstantial like classes sense of like oh you're never leaving the block kid this is just like he thrives there he thrives there like this is like a perfect concept of like a township of like this is just a, a townie if you will a townie he's a perfect townie yeah it's almost a he bummer. He frequent Patty's pub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's almost a bummer when he gets tossed into the spotlight. When it's like, oh, Rocky is for Philly. All right, keep Rocky to, to Philadelphia. Don't don't taint this man. He's like he's visibly uncomfortable though when he is in the in the arena or whatever, and he sees himself up there, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And like even him, and like he is a beautiful, beautiful himbo. So it's not like he can really like verbalize these feelings but when he's like i'm gonna be wearing different shorts than that like it's it's that is so him just having this moment of like i i do not belong here it is a really interesting moment to put in because i i loved it loved it there is that certain i don't even know the word for it it's it's definitely it's it's a personal entitlement that like a, a working class american has where you see like a huge banner of yourself just painted up in a huge stadium. And your first instinct isn't awe and splendor. Your instinct is like, you drew me wrong. Yeah. That's not even me. And it's like, the, you know, the rich man who fucking uh, puts in the money to make it is like, oh, this fucking ungrateful little prick. Mm-hmm. But there's almost like a sense of, no, if you're going to use my image, if you're going to just openly use me. You should have asked. I sounded like Yogi again. You did. You're really pulling in Yogi. I literally said, Going hard is on the it bear. easy to do a Stallone? And then I proceeded to not do one <laughs> correctly. In, in like contrast, like how we talk about Midnight Cowboy, I think yeah. this is a really like incisive, interesting view of, of poverty in the working class in like a Hollywood motion picture. Like I, I just, I, I, I look at him and I think, does this man smell? Like what? What's his natural scent? Does he have a musk or? Because when he goes to work out, he drinks like the six eggs. Yeah, and it gets all over his fucking clothing. <laughs> he does not clean. Just a fucking animal who drinks these eggs, and then he goes for a whole like seventy mile run with eggs covered all over him. Covered in eggs. Does he ever? Does he do laundry? I think Adrian probably does it for him when she moves in. How long had he not had Adrian? A though? long time. <laughs> he must go to like a laundromat. You I know? guess. Yeah, he's got friends at the laundromat. He's got friends at the laundromat. He got maybe, some maybe he even has someone to do his laundry for him at the laundromat. Whoa. Like, we got you, Rock. Don't we got worry. You, Rock. Is Rocky a himbo or is he just Italian? <laughs> I'm not even touching that. I'm not no, touching too that. Too sensitive for you? Too sensitive. Just too uh, Itali- hot a topic. <laughs> too hot a topic. I'm not touching that. How do you feel about the Italian ex representation of Rocky? I mean, this is a very Italian decade. All right. You got the Godfather's winning best picture. You have Rocky winning Best Picture. In the grand scheme of how this decade plays out, many could say that Rocky is the green book of the 70s. It is the feel good, oh, we did it. We're feeling good. We, we got past the bad times, and here we are in a good old upheaval. Is Rocky the character to Italians what's our faces to Latino? I think Sylvester Stallone is definitely Italian. 
Yeah, he is. He is. But yeah. I'm just like, just in terms of like representation. But I think he's actually, I think that Rocky's a good guy. I think Rocky's like great. I think it's good representation. He's a nice man. Yeah. What's really funny is that I, I, I was, I, I needed to know what Sylvester Stallone's natural voice was at the time. Because mm-hmm. I, I just, I'd like, is he doing like a. I don't think he is. No. This is how he speaks. That's how he talks. Yeah. He's just changing the words up. He's just kind of like dumbing himself down a little bit. But he also like has that like jaw thing. Like he has like a dead lip almost. So like his mouth does naturally form that way mm-hmm. at this point. Which is why they cast Milo Ventimiglia, who also has dead nerve cells in his lip. And that's why he plays Rocky Balboa's son in Rocky Balboa. Where did this trivia come from? Where? How did you go from... <laughs> hey, hold on. <laughs> Rocky's mid. I've never seen this. And now you're telling me about Rocky's son in the sixth Rocky film from 2006. I don't think I've seen it. I do think I own it, though, because oh. I, of course, went through a very intense Milo Ventimiglia phase when <sighs> the, on- the one and only season of Heroes aired. What did you know about Rocky going to this? Did you, I mean, like, uh, did you know everything, everything? Or did you know shockingly little once you watched the I actual thought, movie? Well, I was watching Rocky and there was a moment where I was like, I've seen this movie. There were several moments where I was like, I've seen this movie. But then by the final fight, I was like, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've not seen those parts. Maybe I, uh, what would track for me is that we watched it in college and I fell asleep in the Felino theater. <laughs> okay. And uh, do you do, wor- do, you do Wordle? No, I don't do a wordle. Today was Dodge. Our alma mater. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I laughed. Anyways, okay. <laughs> what tracks for me is that I maybe watched the first half of this movie and then just knocked the fuck out during the screening and they had to wake me up when the lights came on. Word. Yeah. Okay. So I did not see the final so you fight. You stayed for the character piece, the 70s drama, mm-hmm. passed out for the feel the good inspirational yeah. fight that then inspires Adrian! every climax for the next 50 years. Yeah. It's That's a funny ending because you think like I, I think that they they've now figured it out where like she maybe has to dump him before the ending. They figured out more stuff to do with Adrian yeah. in the movie since. Because I like that it's over and he's like, Adrian, where are you? And then like the like it ends with her being like, I love you. And it's like, we know you like live with him. Yeah. Like what? You know? Well, the movie does so little with Adrian, but also does way too much with Adrian. Oh, yeah. Like, really gives you an upsetting portrait of her domestic life yeah. and abuses, and then does quite literally nothing with any of it. Do you think that their relationship is creepy? Like, do you think that she's not into I think she's into him. She's just very shy. I was thinking about this. There's always, like, every year that the debate gets cracked open of Baby It's Cold Outside. I was thinking the exact yeah, same thing. Of how that song is played as like kind of cute, romantic, like a charming tete-a-tete. And then in recent years, it's like, wait, this is playing This is playing at both speeds at the same exact time. It's making me really uncomfortable. The scene, the, not just like the apartment scene, but like just the date between Rocky and Adrian. I was astounded by how weird it was making me feel. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, I see what the movie's going for. I see what like the attitude is at the time. And I understand like the movie, you know, the, the movie magic language of, oh, they're hitting it off. Oh, he's like breaking down her walls, mm-hmm. but in a way that's opening her up. Yeah. But she, I feel like Talia Shire is playing it 
in a very yeah. different way. She's really playing it like, don't fucking talk to me. Don't touch me. Do get away. We're like, I do believe that what they're trying to do is have her just be like very shy to the point of like, she's scared, you know? We're, but but she is into him ultimately. And this yeah. is what she wants, but she's just like too scared to do it. But her performance is telling is is going a little too far into that. It is a harrowing sequence. Like when the moment that she gets into that apartment and the way that even like it's framed, like you just have so much. It's not a, a big apartment, but she looks so fucking small in it. Mm-hmm. He locks the door like right behind her when she, like half of her body is not even through the door yet. Yeah. Like stops her from leaving. He's he's very physically imposing. You would think it's recent media that has kind of a, like tuned us to s- expect the worst. In reality, motherfucker, it was seventies media that got us to expect the worst. Like this is a scene that could very much go either way. Yeah. In the year it was released. Yeah. So to see it be so gung ho about it being a positive experience was another level to it that was really weirding me out. And, and on another level, when he grabs her and she's like, hot. but she does kind of have that moment where she's like, I've ne- like, I've never done this before. You know, yeah. it's mostly her just being like, this is very new to me. And when he just grabs her and they start making out, you're just like, ah. but it's only until like w- w- once she starts giving in and enjoying the makeout, yeah. that's when it kind of releases. Yeah. But up until that point, you're like, which I guess is like, that's like a, not most, but that's many sort of like experiences between, let's say, like cis men and women. Wait, not even. Like just in most like romant- romantic or like sensual scenarios, there is almost like a ooh, ah, e. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I just a snowflake? <laughs> am I just fucking, am I, am I a, a fragile lib? What do you mean? Everything until the movie indicates that she's enjoying it. Yeah is terrifying to me about that scene. And even as she's enjoying it, I'm still like, okay, but is she? Like, is this? (laughs) I think the reason that overall, like I was a little bit nervous for her in that scene. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not sitting there being like, hey, yes. (laughs) Like that meme that's like weirdos. Like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, like ultimately we're watching Rocky. So we know it's not. We know it's gonna be fine. But like to me, I wouldn't feel as, excited about that scene and comfortable with that scene and i think that they do a really good job with it earlier that is almost like an identical scene to them actually smooching is when he like goes to see her at the pet store just so cute he just like turtles what the fuck it's so adorable and he goes to see her at the pet store and the entire time he's just like chatting her up chatting her up and she's like not fucking responding and you're like rock this girl does not like you but then he's like, okay, I'm going to go home now. Bye, Adrian. And she's like, bye, Rocky. And you're like, ah, I know exactly what's going on here. Right. Like, immediately you're like, okay, she's obsessed with him, but she's nervous. No, like, I feel that. Like, I, hate when he, I hate when the brother throws her, her turkey out the window. One of the Very most rude. traumatic They're scenes poor. of like the full decade. They can't afford another turkey. That, I, like, to, to comment on, on the Adrian real quick. I think you're right. Like, there's a set of like go with the flow type tone indicators in a like a a burgeoning romance. But, like, you get it, you know. Like, I understand the vibe of the scenario. So, mm-hmm. I, I I guess there's it, it. It was difficult for me to verbalize that. But you're right. This movie does do like a really good, simple, efficient job of communicating 
no, she's ultimately going to be into this. And when she's arguing about with her brother, who's like, go on a date with this man, she's never says, as far as I remember, she never says, like, I don't like him. Yeah. She's like, I'm not ready. It's Thanksgiving. I have a turkey in the oven. I don't know what to wear. It's never like, no, he's a creep and I don't like him. She's more mad. Like, why are you doing this to me right now? It's Thanksgiving and I have a turkey in the oven. But of course, also, like, most of her fucking grievances are at the result of having the most terrifying brother. Her brother's awful in, uh, in movies. Yeah, <laughs> this, it's awful. Polly f- is f- a fucking monster. Yeah. Fucking lunatic. Who I, I like is almost boldly never redeemed throughout the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> like his, I think his final gesture is that he just has like a new suit from the $3,000 that he got from the meat sponsorship on Rocky's robe. And he just tries to get into the ring and then he gets refused, which is kind of, you know, funny. I, I, I forgot that Polly was this hostile because mm-hmm. I've seen all of the Rocky movies. Mm. I have to say Rocky 2 is my favorite. Okay. Rocky 2 routinely, without fail, will make me sob. Rocky 2. What happens in Rocky 2? Rocky 2. Okay. I, let me sell you on Rocky 2 real quick. Let me tell you on Rocky 2. Rocky 2 comes out three years after the first Rocky, right? Okay. Takes place five minutes after the end of Rocky. Now that I know so much about sequels from this era, I'm like, kind of long wait. Right. Right. Fortunately, doesn't do a time jump, doesn't do anything. What do you think? Halloween 2. Five minutes after it's over. Actually, like, as it ends. I love a five minutes. Love it. Love it. I fucking adore a five minutes. You mentioned a little earlier. That some of the films from the 70s feel a little empty. It's just like, it just feels like a like, little too like, this is the natural produce I like what directors down the line did to turn that into dishes. Give me GMOs. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky 2 basically does that to Rocky 1 in the span of those three years. I can tell that I would like Rocky 2. Do you know what I mean? Because Rocky 2 is all about, okay, you were on TV, you were on the biggest boxing event in American history on New Year's Eve. What happens when you get out of that fight and you still live in that same apartment? You still have the same seventy-six-year-old trainer. You still have a girlfriend, maybe that you just met, and you kind—you don't have any sponsorships. You're just a guy. You're just a guy that was like picked out as a charity case for this huge fight, and you ended up winning. Like you—you stood for all fifteen rounds with essentially Muhammad Ali. What happens? And the movie is all about. All the people that want to make money off of Rocky, including Apollo Creed. And of course, the final fight is a rematch (gasps) with Apollo Creed. Even though the entire thing, he's like, I'm not doing a fucking rematch. And that's the whole movie as well. And then somehow, some way, Rocky gets convinced to do the rematch because Apollo Creed also really wants the rematch. Because he's just good money. Do you want me to spoil Rocky 2 to you? For you? Yes. The very end of Rocky 2, Rocky and Apollo Creed basically punch each other at the same time. They both get knocked out to the floor, and it becomes a race. Who can get up before the 10, 9, 8? And right at the 3, Apollo and and Rocky are at the same place. Apollo falls to the ground, and Rocky barely stumbles up. His two eyes are completely bruised and blacked out. He looks fucked up. Yeah. Adrian is watching at home because she just gave birth to a baby. Of course. And Rocky just goes, he gets the mic. He can't see what's happening. So Mr. Stallone is playing it like a true injured motherfucker. Yeah. He gets the mic and he goes into the TV. I just want to tell my girlfriend home. He's crying. Adrian, 
I did it, Adrian! I did it! Woof, that got me. Whoa, that's good. I'm getting emotional thinking about it right fucking now, dude. (laughs) To have him lose in the first movie and the second movie, he realizes, like, he already proved it to himself. Yeah. And now he wants a small, this working class Italian stallion wants a taste of the glory and he fucking gets it. And it ends on a freeze frame of his trainer, Mickey, hugging him. And not only that, it's a freeze frame. And then for some reason, it turns into like a yellow, like drawing etching. Love. That stays on the right side of the screen for the whole credits. <laughs> That's beautiful. I it really, is. You can see my goosebumps. <laughs> I actually can. It is one of the most gorgeous blockbusters I have ever seen in my life. It is such a good time. And I think it's, it, it just has everything that's missing from this movie. Like this movie yeah. shot in 28 days. It is completely low budget. I think so, Stallone, it's disputed what, how much money he makes off the Rocky movies. I know he doesn't own the rights to Rocky. That's true. So it's a lot of money that he misses out on. I think his net worth is like 400 mil, though. He's doing okay. He's fine. He got 10% of the profits for the first Rocky. So like <laughs> he was pretty good. Huge. Did pretty all right. Yeah. Uh, and there's also the meta element of like the Rocky rematches. Like, oh, I'm not getting back in the ring. That's really, I mean, Sylvester Stallone very much wanted to get back in the ring yeah. to get some more Rocky money. But like Rocky 2 just gives everything that Rocky 1 doesn't. Because I mean, it, because of its rushed production. It's essentially like it is the underdog indie that ends up becoming the underdog Oscar winner. You don't get a lot more to like the scene beyond just, oh, Rocky's a good guy. Coincidentally, everyone around him is a good guy. Even the loan shark is a good guy. Gives him $500 and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a plot. Mm-hmm. Rocky gets $500 from the loan shark and now he's going to have to loan, own the loan shark. Some No, the loan shark, the whole movie is just a nice guy. <laughs> okay. You know, just yeah. all right, fine. There's like so little conflict in this movie that it feels very not Philadelphia, very not working class Italian Italian, like, very not like, yeah, like what, what, what am I having to be inspired to? Yeah. Like this guy is like doing great just by doing nothing, I guess. He got picked for this. If you were in the situation of Sylvester Stallone where someone said, what are you working on? And you were like, oh, script. And then they said, okay, you have three days. Could you do it? Could you make a Rocky? That's a great question. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm going to say it. I could. I think I could too, especially knowing they only use 30% of the script. If yeah. it only needs you to be know, 30% it's legible. It's only be 30%, 30% good tops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can do a 30. I, my whole college career was pulling in C minuses. <laughs> I can pull in a 30%. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I, I, I live real nice. On the 71. I would write, and I would have three days and I'd write it in the last seven hours. <laughs> I'd be like, literally sitting at brunch being like, I have to write this script. And they're like, how long do you have? And I'm like, three days. And they're like, including right now. <laughs> Sipping my little matcha, like, yeah, like right now. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing is that like, the boxing movie, as much as this is the blueprint, a lot of boxing movies come out before this. I watched a few to kind of prep myself. One that is like incredible is from 49 called The Setup. It's directed by Robert Wise, the guy who did West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Scorsese cites it as like, oh, this is the movie I stole everything from Raging Bull from. Like Love. I watched this movie and I took notes just so I couldn't steal more things. Wow. Uh, and it is like, it's, it t- it's 73 minutes. It takes place in real time. It's about this just loser boxer who his manager is betting against him. But he doesn't tell the boxer that because he's just losing all the fucking time. 
And it's just the way these fights are shot, motherfuckers are just getting actually punched. Yeah. It is a full bloodbath, which I think Rocky is also distinctly very air puffy. Very like, this is pageantry boxing. I still don't like to see it, honestly. What do you mean? I don't like to watch. Boxing is so upsetting, as you know. Okay. I've been born and raised. WWE girl. I want it to be so obviously fake that I don't have to worry. Like, I worry about everybody. Do not want to have to worry about my guys. Not big in the blood sports. No, I want, I want, I want just the pageantry. Like, I want, I want the storylines, you know? I want to see Brock Lesnar. Like, to me, when Brock Lesnar in like 2002, like, threw a kid wearing, um, he like threw a kid in a wheelchair downstairs. Is either a wheelchair or crutches. <laughs> and I remember being like, too far. Too far. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> so um, fake. Uh, Googling right now. Yeah, you got, no, you got <laughs> to watch it. I want that clip uh, immediately. Um, you got to watch the big show and Brock Lesnar do the um, suplex or whatever. We got to just do like a, a whole episode where we just show each other wrestling clips. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> that I sounds love, amazing. I love WWE. God. Anti-boxing, but pro-WWE. Yeah, it's I'm, just like why you know WWE at least is like we're having a good time. No, no when it, uh, although they do get very injured. That's not to say they don't get very injured. No, it's true, and it's a very dangerous thing to do. And they don't have any health insurance, and it's actually like a horrible industry. And Vince McMahon should be in prison. Fuck off, Vince. But I love to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a Minnesota like satanic panic dad when it comes to MMA and boxing. This shit is just rank. This not shit MMA. is nasty. No MMA, MMA especially is. The most disgusting type of violence. Is MMA UFC? Is that the same thing? U- UFC is the league. MMA is the sport. Mixed martial arts. Unless U- it is women's MMA, in which case BTS, Sugar, I'm available uh, to watch B- <laughs> to watch uh, MMA whenever you are available. Sugar likes women's MMA? He posted a picture of himself. When they were in America, a couple of them went back to Korea immediately, which I thought was funny. And a couple of them stayed and like vibed here. And uh, BTS Suga posted very infrequently, but he did post a picture of himself at, um, he like blurred it out kind of, but you could see that he was at a UFC event in Vegas. And I looked and it was a women's UFC event. What the fuck? Isn't that funny? Well, Dana White, which is, you know, UFC big daddy. Okay. Uh, he loves just inviting anyone to come to these matches. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he invited like some <laughs> random producer who Suga was working with and Suga was like, what the fuck? Okay. I mean, that's how I, I, that's what it sounds like when it comes to like yeah. people getting invited. Like the whole cast of Jackass went to like a huge MMA fight and they seated Steve-O behind Donald Trump, you know? Like, <laughs> that's kind of the like, situation. Again, and it's like, if you're in Vegas, like I'm sure someone took him around Vegas and was like, let me take you to see UFC. You know, percent. like that's like, that's if there's like a big event the weekend you're there, you go to the big event. If it no. was a boxing match, you go to the boxing event. No, no, trust me. VIP seats, bro. VIP seats. He didn't even look like he was in VIP. He looked like he was just among the people. <laughs> I would have shit my pants if I saw BTS Sugar at a fucking UFC event. I, you know, I would be dressed down. So I'm like, don't even look at me, man. And then I'm like, there's BTS Sugar sitting right next to me. I just rip it all off. I'd be like, this is what you wear to UFC. <laughs> so, Dress down for what, like, what are you wearing to the UFC match? I think I would go like full butch so that no man would look at me. Okay. Because I'm like, don't, I know those are bad men, you know, who are watching UFC except BTS, I'm available. 
you know, like I don't trust a man who's at a UFC event except it, unless it's PTSD. Would you <laughs> like a, is. would you just go all the way? Would you like apply a beard? <laughs> no. Would you? <laughs> I'd maybe wear heavy. I'd wear like all of my Carhartt stuff, you know, <laughs> all of it <laughs> at the same time. The oversized t-shirt and the oversized overalls and the beanie. Okay. Okay. Again, unless BTS will go with their in which case. <laughs> I would like go out carrying the like round two in like a bikini. <laughs> uh, and then even like in in like seven like nineteen seventy one, you have like John Houston doing Fat City, which is like a very bleak like boxing movie. Like you have like some inspirational boxing movies, but at, even at the time, like if you're doing a boxing movie, oh, it's because it's losers getting the shit kicked out of them. So I guess this coming in and being like, oh no, even when you lose, you're a winner. Yeah. Is that inspirational to you? Do you like that? Yeah, I was emotional at the end. What? Okay. Of Rocky. Are you just easy to get or were you into No, I'm it? easy to get. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. You know, it was nice. I liked that he lost, but I also liked that he, like, it was, it was a really good compromise where you're like, there's, if he won, it would be way too corny. But if it, he lost, it would be way too depressing. So it was a perfect compromise where he, like, where it was like a split decision. But some someone still voted for him, and he and he stood all fifteen rounds, which is all that mattered, you know. Because Apollo Creed kept being like, "We got to give him a show. We got to give him a show." And Rocky did. I like how you talk about him like he's a real person. <laughs> really, like exalting point, his stats. I feel like Rocky is a real person. <laughs> Rocky's in all of us. Rocky's in all of us. That's beautiful. Fuck off. What's next? <laughs> So like, what's the, what's the, what's the dealio here? Because Rocky is, of course, exalted for being this incredible feel-good blockbuster. We love how it makes our hearts go, boom, 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 yeah. but also very evenly at the time. Like, you don't have to wait years for people to critically reassess Rocky. It was a very divisive. Like, no, this is like sentimental schmaltz bullshit. This kind of sucks. Is Rocky? Does Rocky deserve the ire? You think it's mid? I but but, it, but does this deserve the, oh, this is the worst Best Picture winner of the 70s? No! How dare the Academy not recognize real cinema? This is some populist doo-doo dog shit. It's like a Titanic winning, you know? Sometimes you just got to give it to them. The, the Academy, as you've talked about, has to stay relevant, has to stay in touch with the people. So, like, yeah, it has to be rocky sometimes. It has to be Titanic. It has to be fucking what one recently that is for the people. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the big problem with the Oscars right now. Right now. <laughs> right now where they're like, uh, uh, you know, what do you kids watch? Which is, again, why I think maybe Spider-Man No Way Home. Should, but not okay. Maybe. All right. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Honestly, I think maybe Endgame should have been over No Way Home. Okay, dude. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to like, if you're at the point that I'm at where you're making the argument that maybe there should have been a Marvel Best Picture. Obviously, Black Panther was pretty good, but like maybe it should have been if if, if one was going to win and be the Titanic, the most recent Titanic, maybe it's Endgame. In my opinion, I think Infinity War was better, but I think it would have been Endgame. Do you have a gun in this house? (laughs) Could could I just like just leave the recording for a quick second and just end it off? Use your bathroom again. Do I think they should have won? No. Do I believe that those are good movies? No, I do not. But based on what we're talking about, where we do need a populist winner. That's it, isn't it? Rocky is a pretty good choice for it. Rocky is the choice. 
Rocky's a pretty solid Spider-Man, choice. Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Rocky are oh, in conversation. No. Oh, God. Like, what is the closest thing to a populist best winner right now? I know we just kind of talked about this, but, like, I don't think it is Don't Look Up. I think that's the closest you get. From last year? But, like, what is it? But the thing is, it's just the blockbusters is completely changed. Yeah. Like, movies don't get made like Rocky does anymore. <laughs> like, it's not just like, oh, some young buck came in with a hot screenplay and fought so he could get in and start it himself and be like an autobiographical sports tale of a man who could. Fucking Tom Holland grew up in like a private school and then was just like plucked to become Spider-Man because his face could show up on enough AI imaging generators that said, oh yeah, this will sell money. This will sell tickets. You will make money. He will sell toys. This is a good face for that role. And he's a good dancer. And he's a good dancer. He played Billy, Billy Elliot. You know he's got heart. Yeah, and that's how you know he has abusive parents. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? Well, I looked very sexy at the Oscars that year. He wow! No, he brought the suit. Yep. <laughs> yep. I feel like a cartoon wolf. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, brother. Ooh, look at that. It's him and Apollo Creed fighting on stage. I, I think the, the, my testament to the 70s and the power of the 70s is that if this is the worst movie to have won that decade, all right, great. If the worst movie that wins in your decade is a three and a half out of five, cool. Cool. That's awesome. G- legendary. Golden. It's fine. Big stamp. Is it always the best movie? Is it not sometimes just the most movie? <laughs> I suppose so. I-, I mean, like, I guess, like, what people really want is, like, Return of the King winning Best Picture again. I, I almost cried hearing that uh, what a good feeling <laughs> what a good feeling isn't that crazy that movie like swept it swept it swept it literally swept yeah it's all right i'm not a big lord of the rings guy <laughs> me neither but i like what that stands for i like what that means you know yeah i think we knew we were off course though when and again this is not to say that it's a great movie when uh harry potter and the deathly hallows didn't do lord, return of the king oh like it didn't it didn't do that you know but it also wasn't return of the king though like i remember watching deathly hallows and i was like all at the school all of yeah. it and like not even like the cool inside of the school but like on the courtyard of the I school feel like if they had made deathly hallows one big movie and made people stay in that theater for like three and a half hours best picture winner there's a chance i think it could have there's been a it. chance yeah I, that was yeah splitting movies into two was like real bad no good vibes people didn't like it just think i just think it doesn't work anymore especially i mean like twilight was really bad but like harry potter was like tough because it's like that first movie is so good i think and then the second one is just kind of like only action Mm -hmm. and you get a good balance if you get both into one sometimes it's most movie but i think it's also like i don't know who good this does for maybe just like uh like an invisible language amongst people who just watch movies I don't know. I, I, I like keeping up my expectations for what wins Best Picture. You know, even though it has not panned out for maybe like 17 years of my life so far, <laughs> it is like an interesting. I mean, you just see what has won and you're like, okay, just the, the, the legendary shit that has won this trophy yeah. is making me call me crazy. Expect a little more, <laughs> just a tiny, teeny bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Of course, it's 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 useless because I have no stake in the academy. None. This is all just like the, the Seth Rogen quote of like, oh yeah, you don't see the the automobile makers, you don't hear about the awards they give each other. So why the fuck do we care about 
what movie stars give other movie we actually stars. We do. We see them in commercials all the time, but okay, Seth Rogen. Yeah, it's a good point. You, just, <laughs> you picked the wrong industry. You don't have cable. <laughs> the best, you know, health. I, I feel like my dad always says, you know, to kind of reiterate that exact same point, where it's just like, you know, social workers aren't sitting there being like, who was the best social worker? You don't know who the best social worker of the year was. But um, I don't know. I love pageantry and I love pomp and circumstance. So I'm going to take it. And it does determine like what we watch. Like we talked about this. We're like, my mom will see a movie if it's nominated for Best Picture. My mom watched Drive My Car the other day. You know, <laughs> my dad has seen Parasite. Like those movies, <clears throat> unfortunately, like the Academy dil- still does have clout, even if it's kind of just with like 50 and 60 year olds. Like it does still carry something. So my I so I get it. Like I, it's not to me. It's not like irrelevant anymore. It, or like like. It's not irrelevant in the way that it's relevant to other people. I feel like on Twitter, people are always like, this doesn't fucking matter. Where I'm like, I don't know if that matters. Maybe not. But I think that it, 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 it does something still. It still kind of stands for something. No, I 100% am with you. I think but what, what we can also completely agree on is that Rocky's fine. Rocky. It, it's a cool movie. Nacho Libre is better. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, a shorter list would be telling me what Nacho Libre is not better than I think. <laughs> Nacho Libre fucking rules. Uh, Nacho Libre also arguably Jack Black. Maybe a, a better beefcake than uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. But we'll really have to tell in a little bit when we get into. Okay. Truly, truly, who stands up as the, as the beefiest of the beefs, the hottest of the hotties? Who's the hottest of the flick? Of John G. Avildsen's, written by Sylvester Stallone, 1976, Rocky. Not my cleanest transition in years, but I, you know, let's just get to it. I liked how you did it, though. Thank you. I really appreciated the Nacho Libre nod. I think Adrienne looked gorgeous in this movie. She's really cute. I thought she was really cute. Yeah. Oh. Oh. My man, The Rock. Wow, you're going the the big sly Stallone. He looked so hot. He looks almost too pretty for the character. I don't know. I thought he was perfect. Okay. Oh my god, his pout. I'm into. And then you know, I'm into the. the yeah, no, you're life. into the fucked up face. Yeah, you know, I love the fucked up face. And his arms. There were just moments where he was like wearing like a short short, and I was like his legs. <laughs> like you truly like. I'm not always into like a like a like a like a fit man. You know, yeah. like I'm not into like like a like a really ripped guy. Like not to continually talk about Marvel, but like the Marvel guys don't do it for me. Like the main ones. That's why I like like my side guys, like Sebastian Stan, Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, even where I'm like, they're what are they doing here? Um, Rocky is just like a like Sylvester Stallone was just like a beautiful. It, you just like to marvel at the human body sometimes, and that's what Rocky did, and what the form is capable and what of becoming. The form is capable of becoming, and he looked beautiful, and he had gorgeous hair too. He it's Way like really thick, thick. Yeah, beautiful man. Like, he's the only actor I've ever seen with good hat hair. Yeah. Really fucking really wild. I mean, you can tell why Rocky becomes like a bastion of like masculinity of like, anytime someone wants to work out, they see themselves as in a Rocky dun, montage. Dun, 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 dun. It makes sense. Right? Yeah. You kind of want to be this guy because it's almost achievable. You can kind of see a version of yourself that has a fucked up face that is like, oh, I'm just a guy. Well, I could do this. Probably why it wins Best Picture and probably why we still talk about it today. I do think it's funny that like the big triumphant moment that's like the most famous moment from this movie is him like running where I'm like, okay, that's huge. Huge. Like 
When he starts sprinting, yeah. incredible. It's not that hard to run, you know. Like once you train to run enough, you can run. You know, I feel like there's some other like, like, like shooting fifteen uh, free throws is like a huge deal. Where he's like, I did it! I threw fifteen three free throws. These are words I don't know. But uh, you know, you're watching him run, and you're like, cool, I could run too. <laughs> you make it sound like such a slam dunk. I think Carl Weathers has a very fair stake at the fucking prize here. Not a fucking boxer, straight up just an actor, is able to just like have like a nice you little tete-a-tete with Joe Frazier, like is able to mad dog one of the best boxers of all time yeah. with zero skill to back it up. Yeah. Very hot. But that's not who I'm picking and I'm surprised that's not how you picked. Because you know what? I'm going with the cutest man I've seen in movies ever since he came out in Rocky. He looks a little rough here. All right, this is not his best moment. But when he ages, he turns into truly one of the most turtle-like, cute little men you've ever seen. It's Burt Young. It's Polly. Burt Young, as he grows older, gets rounder and rounder. And he's basically like Danny DeVito without the rah-rah-rah. He's like a, he just has like a pettable quality to him. He's like a very, like he's the guy that serves you sachich at the fucking deli. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, sure. I am, I like, this is a man I, this is not, I want to keep him as a pet. You know, like, he's, I don't know why. It, this is a type of little guy, just like a Batman penguin type of deal. That I'm like, I just like looking at you, guy. I want to bounce you around. I want to toss you. I want to take you on a walk. I don't know how to explain what is coming out of my mouth right now. Okay. But for some reason, Burt Young, he's in a movie called Win Win incredible movie's not great okay but he's mm, mm. Mm. this is my fascination i've had for a long time uh i'm going to stop talking okay and so am i folks thank you so much for listening to another episode of i versus the big boys on the mary grand magazine podcast network please remember to rate review and subscribe to the plot plod the pod please find mary grand magazine at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at MGR Magazine. Please subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash MGRM. Please shoot us an email at boys at gmail.com. Please tell a friend. Please tell four friends. Or keep this as your dirty, dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week for a 1980s pick, Ooh. which I'm sure I will go buck wild over. Thank you so much. Try it hard now. <laughs> Fly it hard now. Don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, 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 daddy, I can stop it, even if I want it. Don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, 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 I miss what you were saying, I was miles away. Don't be mad, don't be mad, now that I got a choice, I was busy thinking about boys, 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 I was busy dreaming about boys, 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 I was mad, I think about boys.